0: Hello, everyone. My name is Trey Sullins. I'm the family pastor here at Three Circle Church. And uh, man, I want to uh, say how excited we are that you are joining us on this podcast that we're going to be doing today. And today in the studio, we have with us Mr. Jim Burns, and uh, beside me, my beautiful, lovely, awesome, amazing wife, Ms. Christy <laughs> Sullins. So uh, Jim, you've made your way all the way from California to, to kind of give us your expertise on parenting and all that kind of stuff, but give us a little bit of information for those who uh, may be joining us and have not heard you communicate inside, uh, but just kind of who you are. Yeah.
1: Well, I've been married to Kathy for 45 years. I know you guys, you know, it's a podcast, so they can't see my (laughs) face, but they probably thought, oh, he's so young. No. Uh, I've been married to Kathy for 45 years. I have three daughters who are now grown, so uh, parenting for us was wonderful, and it continues to be wonderful. But it wasn't always easy. We have we we speak a lot on marriage, and we say we have a high maintenance marriage. We had high maintenance daughters, not at certain <laughs> times. Right. Um, so you know that's my joy. I've got two grandkids, and um, they live with us right now because they're in transition on a housing thing, and it honestly is beautiful. It's chaos. Our house is chaos at all times with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And we absolutely love it. I'm the president at Homeward. Homeward is the largest provider of parenting seminars in the U.S., probably the world. And wow. uh, we have four values, strong marriages, confident parents, empowered kids, and healthy leaders. And that's what I tend to talk about and write about.
0: Man, that is so good. I'm so excited that uh, you are joining us. We've got a slew of questions. Uh, We just recently had a parenting conference that had uh, a bunch of questions. We asked parents to write down those questions in secret so they didn't have to put their name on them or anything, but we've got these questions in hand. And so today we're going to ask you a few of those questions and just kind of get your thoughts on those and and the direction that you feel that God's going to lead you to go but some of these questions are going to be pretty tough. Uh-huh. Well, they're
1: um, on sexuality, right? Because it, we, it we, is we just, I just finished yes. talking for several hours. It seems like on yes, sa- okay. yes,
0: great. And so it's it's going to be a, um it's going to be a great uh, nugget of information of okay. wisdom that's coming from you from what I've he- heard up to this point. That I'm excited to be a part of that. So. Uh, I want to to kind of lay the groundwork here. Um, I'm going to ask a question. Christy's going to ask a question. And and you just take the time that you need to develop Great. it and, and figure out what that looks like. Great, so uh, I believe you, Christy, you got the first question.
2: I do. And I just want to go on record and say I'm the middle of three daughters. So you are one of those rare men that God <laughs> trusts to parent all daughters. And it's an amazing thing. We have one daughter. Yeah. And Two two boys bookend a daughter, and I always ask my dad how he did it. Of course, hey, he— I
1: love being—you uh, know, my family was all boys, and we all played sports. My brother played for the White Sox professional baseball. It was the
2: same for my dad. And,
1: and you know what? No professional my, baseball. My daughters, I love—the third time, we didn't do a, a gender reveal, and when Heidi came out, and I kind of—the gender reveal was like, you know, I took oh. a peek behind the closed curtain, <laughs> and I went, Awesome! I've got another girl. We're going to do cheerleading and gymnastics again and pink tutus and stuff like that. So I, I actually love being the dad of a daughter.
2: Yes, that it's a good thing. Well, we have—the questions really reflect just the hearts of moms and dads, yeah. single parents, co-parenting, married couples. And so one of the prevalent questions—and all of these yes have to do about sex, but coming from such different perspectives— um, But probably the one that just kind of broke me in reading it over and over again was when you step into the conversation with your kids, how do you parent past the shame Mm. if you come to the table with a less than clear sexual past? Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? I would say about half the people in the room—you had a good crowd
2: tonight—have
1: Yes. silent shame. And when I say silent shame, it's not something that they're going to broadcast. They might share with friends or whatever. Right. But the silent shame also with their own kids— And uh, so I think what you say is you, 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 you have to maybe deal with some of that work yourself. The beauty of God's redemption is that we are forgiven. If you confess your sins, he forgives you. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have a scar or two or bump bruise, but when you talk to your kids about it, you're really dialoguing with your kids. And so it's something that I said tonight, I said... I have such a passion for it because I made some mistakes, and yet my passion is because I don't want you to make the same mistakes. I don't think you go into the details. I don't think that has to be shameful. I think that you use, oftentimes, in our weakness, God uses our weakness to actually bring strength uh, because we're depending on him, but at the same time, sometimes we can teach out of weakness, and I think we teach our kids out of our own weaknesses. We're not perfect, and then, and then move on. Easier said from me than it is for the folks who are feeling that silent shame. But honestly, if they feel deep deep shame, they may need to get through that cuz I find that that struggles with marriages, it struggles in relationships if you have if you're still living with a whole lot of shame. I don't think God is the god of shame. And yet when they've been raised sometimes in either in a in a family where there was uh shame, what we call shame-based parenting, or they were raised in a church that, you know, came from shame shame shame, then you know it's it's Ingrained in their head, so there has to be some spiritual surgery. Sometimes, even before you get to that place where you can f- say, eh, I've blown it," but I still have passion for you not to blow it.
2: Well, I think one of the things I love that you talked about tonight was how we give such a mixed message of it's shame, it's no, it's right. shame and no, and then suddenly, after a thirty-minute ceremony, it's all good. And exactly, and 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 so I, you know, how do you? I guess step intentionally of of not just being in shame, but like choosing to to um, step around and that generational. That's what I think of that, especially yeah. in such a southern culture. Yeah,
1: no, right. And I think I think different cultures have it in different ways. Kathy and I call it the transitional generation. You know, the Bible says that you inherit the sins of a previous generation to yes. the third and fourth generation. So we made a decision in our own life. I'll just tell you personally, we said. We are going to break the chain of dysfunction because you either recover or you repeat. Mm-hmm. So, like, even in our marriage, there are some habits, traits, that we had to recover or we were going to repeat the sins of a pretty—both of us come from broken families. And so I say the same when it comes to this shame stuff. I mean, I, so break it. It can be broken. Is it easy? No. Do you have to roll up your sleeves and work? Maybe you need uh, prayerful guidance, counsel, uh, mentors— but it's a process. You'll go three steps forward and two steps back at times. But it can be broken. And so I, I challenge people all the time that with God's help, you can be the transitional generation. Um, and again, easier said than done.
0: We did a podcast here a while back, and we hit on the fact that you know sometimes when we walk through shame and we walk through those mistakes, mm. it often clouds how we communicate and what we communicate. Sure. So with that is kind of you know the next question I would love to be able to talk to you about is, is how would somebody who has a very clouded, crazy view of sex, how, how can they get that information?
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've oftentimes said to parents that when we talk to our kids, mainly through dialogue, or if we're reading a book that we want to share with our kids, that we're really learning at first. So, you know, I talked tonight. Uh, a little bit about a theology of healthy sexuality. God created sex, God sees it as good. Well, I did that for them to teach their kids, but you know what? Half the audience needs to know that too. So, you know, how do we learn? We learn by uh sometimes saying, This is good for me too. I mean, the a lot of my parenting with my kids, um, I had to learn it first. Right. And so you almost kind of as as adults, you kind of reparent yourself and and in doing that, you become healthier. And out of that, you don't have to be perfect by any means, but you know, out of that, in your becoming more healthy, then you can help your kids become more healthy.
0: Well, that's good, man. I appreciate that. Um, another question. Co-parenting. Mm-hmm. You hit on that a little bit tonight, but we're gonna dive a little bit deeper in that. And and some of the questions that we got was about co parenting and how how do you do that in separate locations if even if one of the the other parents is living yeah. in, in sin and living, right. you know, cohabitating. And how do you teach? Or
2: even just, di- they have different standards. They yeah. have different, totally. um, you'll laugh, even when you talked about the basics of calling anatomy what it is, There's there there are such even different parenting views on that. Sure. So
0: just that co-parenting.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's one of the most often asked questions we get Uh, from a single, typically what we get is mom or dad, but typically mom, who says, um, so I really want to raise my kids with God-honoring principles and a strategy with God. But, you know, my ex is kind of a deadbeat and he's doing this and that. That's not always the case, but we hear it all the time. And one of the things that I say is that kids um, during their lifetime, from either being children to teens to even young adults— Sometimes they'll tend to go with the uh, Disneyland dad or the Disneyland mom or the one who you know is doing that. Long term, my experience is that they come back to who's ever solid. So it's not easy. I mean, co-parenting, the best co-parenting is that you can, you know still have a good solid relationship with your ex and you don't want to be married to your ex or maybe you do, but it, you're for some reason you're not, but you can be on the same page. And I know parents that do that. Mm-hmm most of the time that's not the case so then you as a single parent take on the heavier load and you teach them and and with and you actually do that without putting down your your spouse whenever you yes. can right you can say well yes. you know what your dad has a different view but here's my view and here's kind of the view I've been learning from you know getting into God's word and so without putting you you you're 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 not putting dad down you just right. say here's here's the truth so you teach truth kids respond to the truth. Now again, right. just because one day they go, yeah, I like what dad's arrangement is a lot better than, you know, what you're experiencing. Okay, but here's what God's truth is. I honestly see them come back to strength the light, you know, walk in the light, mm-hmm. and they'll be drawn to the light. And so we just persevere and we do the right thing. One of the things I say um, in my, in a book I wrote called doing uh, life with your adult children but i have a, a, a chapter on you know exus and the blend and all that stuff and and one of the f- phrases is protect your family and do the right thing yes so I think that's a good thing to do when you're trying to co-parent and sometimes co-parenting works and frankly sometimes it doesn't right so do the best you can with what you got and uh whatever situation you are you can parent to the best of your abilities with what you have. Right. And and who knows? Maybe your spa, your ex will one day kind of come back around and kind of get on the same page at least on the parenting side. Sometimes they don't.
0: Right.
2: Hold on. One of the the big things that was mentioned also was blended family. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. if you are mm-hmm. the addition to a blended family. Right. Like if you are parenting two sets of kids. Yeah how do you, yeah, good, how do you navigate? Good, it's a good
1: question. It's so often asked. I don't really use the word blended family as much anymore. And okay. the reason is, is because, you know, a man and a woman fall in love and then they expect all the children to love each other and the exes to love each other and it all to go so easy and the kids to <laughs> be happy. That, by, uh... Yeah. that So happy that, you know, <laughs> mom is now marrying this other guy and I still want mom to be married to my dad, you say. Yeah. So, I mean, again, not that I'm I'm not correcting and going, oh, never use the word blended, but blended family is is messy and, and it works. My feeling on that is that typically the blood-related parent takes more of the lead. They take more right. of the lead when it comes to talking about sex and sexuality, but they also take more of the lead when it comes to discipline, yes. mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you just got to buck it up because sometimes people will go, oh, I just want you know, him or her to handle this and they're not the blood relative. I don't think you do that. I think, th- I think you're putting too much pressure on him. Right. So I was telling somebody just recently, uh, the woman, the man wanted the woman to do all the discipline and it wasn't hit her kids. And I said, Hey, you need to be the, those kids cheerleader because they right. barely like you, not because of you're a great person, but they don't like you because he, he's sleeping with you and not with their mom. And, um, you know so you be a good you be their cheerleader you be a you know get around them befriend them and to do that you probably will do less discipline and you i point to the man you need to buck it up and and take some lead here you know have the courage to uh, to do what really you, god's called you to do those are your kids you made those babies
2: such such good wisdom all right so, this is all well and good if you're starting with a three year old uh, so let's start with this if you how do you get the conversation going if it if you're not starting at the right. very beginning, how right. do you what about that angsty teenager who is already active yeah. and already determined you're old and wrong right. and ruining their life? No,
1: exactly. Well, most teenagers <laughs> think that, their parents are old and wrong and ruining yeah. their life. <laughs> but except you know, ours, of course. Yeah, of course yeah, it's yours important. sound amazing. <laughs> I think mine thought we were old and ruining no, their life. I'm
2: pretty sure that but, they were old.
1: But the fascinating thing with that, and it's a great question because sometimes we, we go to the old school of saying, well, we need to teach lecture and and do whatever. I think it's dialogue. So with me, if I was going to start, even if the kid had the attitude and they were 16 or whatever. I think you say, hey, what's going on at the school? How many kids do you think um, are having you know, sexual relationships? What do they think about gender identity? All those kind of questions. And now you're having dialogue, but you're not talking... They, they don't think right. you're talking to them.
2: You're not There's, talking it, at them. Right,
1: yeah. So it's when we start... For older kids, talking at them doesn't work as well no. as talking with them. Yes. So I can get some good conversations going if I'm talking... With them. And frankly, I found that with my own kids, there'd be a time when, you know, if I would have talked at them, they wouldn't have listened. But when we're talking with them, they might even go, Hey, well, Dad, what do you think about that? After we'd already had the conversation. I was thinking about a conversation I had with Heidi. Uh, She's now 31 years old, but when she was younger, we were talking about gender identity. And um, their coach, she was a gymnast who became a cheerleader. So, you know, flying and all that kind of stuff. And the coach was gay. And um, so I, I said, "Hey, how does how does that, how does that all that work?" And um, so she was telling me all about it, and I said, "What, what do what the cheer people think? What, are, you know, on and on." And then um, she says, "Well, what do you think about that?" And so I said, "Well, you know, here you go." And then I had some, I brought up some scripture, and we had a great dialogue about sex, gender identity. And she never knew that I was actually giving her the thoughts that I'd wanted to have a conversation with her on. Right. And I actually, a couple of years later, I was hearing her talk with, I think it was one of her sisters, actually. And I went, wow, she's quoting me. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> See, even know she heard it. So we that's, didn't know. That's what but we're that's about. But that's called right? talking with. And yeah. parents, it's hard for us. We want to always talk at them. Well, and we have the answers, but we're not always right.
2: Well, so what do you do then when it's, because it? I think mentally we do better with checklists, but every child is different. And so what do you do with the child that is maybe differently abled? They have special needs that Mm. cause them to process at a speed that's theirs. Like how do you not just talk about sex, but you talked about such powerful information about protecting themselves Mm. and understanding enough to advocate for themselves.
1: Well, all parents, Uh, My wife's expertise um, for all these years is autism, Asperger. She taught at a private school until last year on this. And so she'd be better if she was sitting here. But what I often say is some of the things that a guy like me speaks in general doesn't work when kids have certain needs, special needs. So I call it personally tailored discipleship. So one child might honestly not be ready to have the same kind of conversation that another child would have. Your your own children. So I think you have to make sure that you are a student of their culture and a student of their input. So for example, if you and, and I'm pushing on the I'm talking about more autism right now, and I realize that wasn't. Exactly the question you're asking, but you know, with that, you're going to have to deal in a different level, a different kind of mindset. But also, if you know that your child has autism, or if your ch- child has ADHD, or whatever it might be, or oppositional defiance, then you're you already know that. So you you've learned how to communicate. You know certain things with right. them, for homework. Okay, here's what you do. You can't give Those daily an, needs. Yeah, an ADD child, you can't give three. You know, go do this, go do this, or go this. Or we do, have one of it. those too. Yeah, okay. I so am you can't one of do. Those, thank you. Yeah, so you can't do all three. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell Trey. No. boom, 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 because right. he's going to forget one. it. But the point being is, since you know that how to about maybe giving them direction, it's the same thing when it comes to sexuality. So you may have to, if you have a child who has some kind of a disability going on, um, you may have to talk to them not at the same age level. So you read stuff. And your church is involved in orange, and they have this. It's just a phase, which I actually helped write some of that. But when you look at the phase, it doesn't work for your child because your child has some kind of a disability. So then you have to lower it. So it's, again, it goes back to the idea of personally tailored discipleship.
2: So public school, private school, homeschool. How do you, how do we as a church and parents uh, in the home emphasize like the conversations have to happen and have wisdom to know when to have them. Right.
1: You know, it's funny, and, and some people will disagree with me on this, but I don't think when it comes to child and teen development, there's that much difference of public, private, Christian, um, and homeschool. I do think that if they're homeschooled, sometimes they'll be innocent for a little bit longer, but they need the same thing. I mean, I was a youth pastor once, and I used to think, and I love homeschool parents, but I used to kind of go, you, you do realize that your kids in the youth group are asking the same questions and working through some of the same issues. So it seems to me that it's more, um, there's not that much difference. Kids are kids. They're going to have different thoughts at different ages. They're going to experiment with different things. And so again, part of it is, you know, at a young age, you, you begin having the dialogue are public, public school kids. Um, you know, do they hear things that maybe a, a homeschooler or sometimes even a Christian school, uh, don't hear? Sure, I mean they they do, but nevertheless, I mean, I my kids went to Christian school through eighth grade, and you know they learned most cuss words at the <laughs> Christian school, and we love the Christian school. We schools. both went to we Christian school. And and well, the question is, did you guys learn cuss words at your oh, Christian school? Oh uh, did we! So we learned anyway. everything
0: no. there. Even the drugs were more expensive. That's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: But so again, I think it. I think we make a mistake because we put our kids in Christian school, or because we put our kids in in homeschool situation, that they're too innocent to have this question. No. This is why is this dirty? It's not dirty. This is, you know, God created this great stuff on sexuality. Have the conversations because what parents need to hear loud and clear is that just because you talk about it doesn't mean they're going to go experiment. It's actually just the opposite. You've demystified it. So, hey, homeschool parents, you Christian parents, by by the way, you're in the vast minority. The, the majority of kids are in public school. So, have those conversations. I just don't think there's that much of a difference. We chose a Christian school for some reasons, and I could talk about all the differences. But when it comes to this subject, have the conversation at the right developmental age.
2: Do you think there's a danger—and and several of the cards said innocent. Like, having this conversation doesn't take away their innocence. No, it's beautiful. We, we, and especially in when you were talking about guarding and protecting against sexual abuse, we help safeguard their innocence. Yeah by empowering them with the truth of, of what God did make. And no. I, I think part of that is just the mindset no. of innocent and dirty.
1: It, it, it's our mindset. It's that tape that is in our head. There's innocent. How fantastic that they don't know some of this stuff. So help them think through it. You don't have to, you, this is not dirty. This is beautiful. It's God ordained. And you mentioned sexual abuse. I had a staff member of yours here at the church Come up to me afterwards, kind of waited and said, thank you for saying, because we talked about sexual abuse. And one of the things I said was, it's not your fault. He said, you know, I'm X amount of years old. When I was younger, I was sexually abused. And I've always thought it was partly my fault. Thank you for saying that. It was a sense of freedom. We had a little, you know, God, holy water moment, hug kind of a thing, two guys. but And it was a guy, not a woman. A lot of times you think it's a woman. So, you know, the the truth of the matter is, is we never know. So just have the dialogue. But it's, innocence. It's the wrong word they're using. Yeah. Um, sure, they don't know about it, and you don't want them to know about uh, certain the things. Deviant side yeah, of the, sex. De- but you know what? They, they need to. They need to know that God created their bodies, and that yes. He sees it as good, and yes. that yes, here are some of the temptations. And I would much rather have their kids because their kids are going to hear about it, but <laughs> yes. they're not going to know from their parents because their parents think they're still innocent. Right, and that's the conversation that
0: you yeah. keep talking about, and that conversation. I mean. I know people, and I've talked to parents, and I've looked them in the eyeball, and they're going, "Really? Do I have to do this?" Yeah, oh yeah, and and it's it's painful almost.
1: Well, you don't have to, but you know, there was an article years ago Extreme in USA that. Today, and it had who are the top sex educators uh, for junior hires, and, this, and now this dates it because you'll hear the names, but Justin Bieber, um, and uh, uh, oh, what's her name, Lindsay Lohan. Oh wow! Um, and even Dr. Ruth, which just cracked me up that Junior <laughs> Hires even knew who Dr. Ruth was. So you can tell I'm dating this. This is probably oh ten my years, gosh, ten yes. years ago. But uh,
2: but still, she was not young ten years ago. No, 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 so. no.
1: But even why, how did even Junior Hires know about Dr. Ruth? But you know, probably she's still somewhere online. Yes, or whatever. right. But she's a meme. But <laughs> w- seriously, are you? I mean, that's who did it because we didn't. Yes. So somebody's going to teach your kids about sex. And you yes. learn somehow about sex. Yes. it's a matter Somebody. of do you want do you want to have some control in where the those comments go, or do you want them to go to the number one place they're going to go to, and that's the internet? Can you trust the internet? No. And so many first kids today say, "My first experience with learning about sex was pornography, watching mm. pornography." Well, that's not even God ordained sexuality. I mean, that's it's not you know, real. Now they're imitating. That is a loss of an innocence. art. Yeah, yes. That oh, is a loss totally. Of now that is you're right. No. All right.
0: So, with that question and with those conversations, comes the M word, masturbation. And in the the talk, you know, that you are having with our parents here at Three Circle Church, you brought up the word masturbation. You broke through the ice yeah. and and you began the flood of questions uh, about the word that nobody ever wants to talk about. That's like you know the the
2: the most taboo.
0: Yeah, the right. most taboo of all the words. So. Um, and talking about masturbation, nobody really understands it. And the reality of it is, is everybody's done it. And mm-hmm. so we're trying to avoid that conversation at all costs because it is the most taboo. Mm-hmm. So in diving into right. uh, masturbation and talking about those uh, feelings and and with your child and starting as young. Um, we had a girl in one of our ministries many, many, many years ago who was a um, probably a second grader, first grader, who found out that it was pleasurable, and we had to stop help her.
2: Grandparents hmm. help grandparents help navigate navigate grandparents these navigate
0: that right. because at church she would pleasure herself and yep. not really understand what's going right. on. And so we're trying to figure out, so, you know, the question is, is, is how do you talk about it? Right, right. right. You know, i that's, that's just a tough, tough question. Well, let's question.
1: dissect it for a minute and let's take that young kid okay. who's, I had somebody today talk to me about their daughter likes to rub her body um, up against the couch and it feels good. And so she does that and they were worried about her masturbating how old's your daughter and said five. So that's not masturbation. Your daughter hasn't reached through puberty. It's not a sexual... She's not having sexual stimulation. Right. Masturbation is sexual stimulation. Okay. So it, what? one of the things we have to realize is that when... Uh, all Most all kids, when they touch their private parts, they're not masturbating. We do a thing in our head where we go, oh my gosh, they're doing what, you know,
0: yeah, teenagers or
1: whatever. Exactly. Act it, on definitely, Yeah, right. Innocent. So that's one of the things that I... I mean, I, I want parents to know that, no, that they're probably doing something normal. Now... Again, I had a lot of conversation about this. This must have been big deal <laughs> today. But one of the things I was saying to them is there's, there's, well, they're like they have a son who's a little older, not much, but he is always touching himself and he does it at school and what? And, and so what you do is when they when they get to be a certain age, which is about school age, you say, you know, here's what's appropriate, you know, in your bedroom, and here's what's appropriate not. In your bedroom, I mean, here's what's inappropriate in your bedroom, and and I don't know if you use the word inappropriate, but right. you know, you teach them, you know, like you, you don't walk around naked school naked. School. Yeah. So at a certain age, you know, you teach them that. Um, now, when we let's get to the masturbation part because that is, I mean, man, it is awkward. I don't know, it, it, you know, when Kathy and I we every six months would we had a little yellow notebook and we'd get away, and every six months we'd say, what do we want to talk to the girls about at their age level? Um, and it was spiritual issues, education issues, and we just such it was such a di- great dialogue. parenting piece of yeah, advice. Yeah, though. it's great. Yeah, it really is. And so one day we said, you know, we've never talked about masturbation. And so we're watching a television show and there was an innuendo. Kathy looks at me like, put it on pause. Pause is there amazing is. on TV. And I went, Hey girls, I just want to have a real quick conversation about masturbation. My girls went, <laughs> No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then you paid for therapy for them. <laughs> Seri- seriously, yeah, they're probably still going to need
1: therapy. I needed therapy, but you know, it, it's 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 not an easy thing. If if people came from a Catholic background, let's right? Because the Bible doesn't speak to masturbation. Absolutely clear, it doesn't speak to masturbation. It does speak to lust. So okay. Jesus said, if you lust after a person, then you right. committed adultery. And a lot of times, masturbation is equated with lust. Right, but. So the, since the Bible doesn't talk about masturbation, there's not a clear cut "thou shalt, thou shalt not." And but if you were, came from a Catholic background, which a lot of people you know come from a Catholic background, they call it a sin. Mm-hmm. A sin means you know to miss the mark. You know you're going against God's way. So the Catholics have figured out a way to call it a sin without it really being biblical. Right. I mean, I don't mean that in a burn. I, and I think there's some Catholics who love Jesus as much as right we evangelicals do. But I'm not getting into the Catholic non-Catholic thing, just much more on the on the masturbation. So right. somewhere in their head they had that. Now there's three views. So I'm I'm gonna make you more confused. Than, okay. There's three views. One is masturbation is a sin. And and so you ask God for forgiveness. And you know a lot of times people will say uh starve that sin. And so kids are going to have a masturbation experience. They're not weird if they do. Right. But that can be starved. And sometimes that's because of things like lust or, or pornography. And obviously that's not that's not good. Sometimes it's obsessive compulsive behavior. Secondly, some people would say, truly, it's um, it's a gift from God. I'm looking at you two guys. I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> none of the listeners can either. But it's a gift from God because uh, somebody once said, who one of the great Christian writers of our day, who talked about this, said, I would rather have kids come out of a make out session they use. That's kind of an old term, but that's what he used. <laughs> Hot and bothered than satisfied and worried. And, and I'd rather have you have a masturbation experience than go all the way or whatever. Right. And then there's a whole middle of the road thing saying that now that people are getting old they're they're marrying later, they're meandering toward marriage or whatever, that it's probably sometimes something more normal but it needs to be controlled. And so you put boundaries around uh, with pornography or working on the lust in your mind and those kind of things. Um, and there's, so there's three very distinct views that Christians who we would adore all have. Mm-hmm. So the part of it for me is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? And, that's, and, and again, because when we don't have the Bible, to give us the Thou shalt or Thou right. shalt not, we can sure take on things like, like I said for me lust. If a person's you know lusting, um, then that's a sin. Right. Um, and you sin by lust if you're having a masturbation experience or not. Sometimes, but you got to choose one of those basically, right. or at least talk to friends and family about it. I think having a conversation with your kids—it's awkward, but I think it's a good dialogue. I had a girl one time say to me, I was speaking at a Christian College, and she said every time I get in a fight with my mom, I then go masturbate. Well, that's not a sexual thing. That's how she was coping with stress. And there's release. a lot better. There's a lot better ways to cope right. with stress than do that. So I felt that what she needed to do was, you know, she was overcompensating. By having a uh, an experience that was like more of a climax type experience for right. her, but I think there's a better way to cope with stress in terms of don't do that every time you get in a fight with your mom, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think we have to be careful right. to, that we that we don't just uh, make this over simple. Right. So again, like I said, I was going to mess you with your mind more than whatever. <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, do people have a you know? I have opinions, but I don't think that uh, we can come out so cut and dry. And, and what's funny is uh, the people, as I've looked at this, I have people in all three of those categories that I respect deeply.
0: Right. And well, I just, for me, I think it's always been a mind game. It's always mm-hmm. been a mind thought process. And um, if, if somebody were to communicate, you know, with their kids, if we're asking them to have the conversation with their kids mm-hmm. and we're trying to protect their brain... Mm-hmm. And, I mean, do we tell them to think about their future wife? Mm-hmm. Um, how how do we get, you know, how do we help them with their thought life? Um, because they will have a masturbation well, experience. That,
1: that may be more important, uh, Trey. I think you're getting to it. How do we help them deal with thought life issues, not just masturbation issues? Right. So, uh, like, I have a good friend who says, no, I can't do that. It takes me to a place that's not healthy for me. Right, and um, this is a single guy who's older. Actually, he lost his wife. He goes, "It's just not good for me now." I'm thinking, "Gosh, he's he, he's experienced the joy of of intimate right. relationship with his wife. They've got a couple of kids, but he's now going, oh my gosh, I can't go there.' Fantastic. Then he shouldn't go there. Right. Then he needs to work that out. And will you hold me accountable?" And he's talking about it. it's amazing. But I know other people who more what you're saying is, you know, if you're married, I, I there's a guy on radio who I know real well who says you know there's times when he travels and he's thinking about his his wife well you know I, I don't know i don't know i don't know for him that's probably what the lord is leading him to you know to be right. involved in and yet for me it might be different where you know i'm more than satisfied with my own wife and it's not something that you know i have to deal with as much so i i have empathy for people who are right. struggling with it and i definitely have empathy for kids but Um, I think it's something that that does need to be talked about. But there's a greater question, you know, is this going to glorify God, is it not, things like that. Yeah.
2: Well, one of the things that I love that you brought up, and hands down, most of the questions about this were regarding daughters. Mm. So I think it's so critical because for so long that's been tied to one gender. Right. And we've, we've been in this not revolution, but realization time that women are owning more and more and girls are owning more and more. And, and, and it is just as critical for women to be having these conversations yeah. with daughters yeah. and and fathers having yeah. with daughters. But um, how do you, and you're the dad of daughters, mm-hmm. but how do you just have that consistent mindset that, it doesn't matter the gender. If I have a son or yeah. a daughter, we are having these hard conversations.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you have sometimes with gender, uh, you know, daughter, son things, you have it in a different manner. But I appreciate you bringing that up, Christy, because, you know, uh, the statistics aren't that different. It used to be, but it's not that different. And maybe that was just that women weren't saying that they right. were having this experience. But today, the the you know, the statistics are pretty close. I think sometimes, because it's more natural for guys, they can kind of—well, they don't talk about it, but— But it's more, this is a guy's issue, but with women, there's a real silent shame that they're struggling with this this issue and they just, they feel horrible. So I think, you know, I I think having that conversation, I I found that funny enough, man, Kathy's, my wife is really good at having these kind of conversations and had conversations with the girls about certain things I didn't. I talked about the masturbation thing. Okay. More, for some reason, that wasn't Kathy's gig to have conversation with. So when you're married, I think sometimes you have to play good cop, bad cop, (laughs) and you also have to play, okay, we're going to, you take this one and I'll take that one. (laughs) And Kathy and I had (laughs) to play that a few, uh, (laughs) you know, we had to play that a few times. Yeah.
0: So basically, I think it's all boiling down to, there's not really one clear Answer to you know this is what we do this is what yeah. we don't do and this is that right it well there'll be brothers on... and
1: sisters who would di- who would I agree, that's what I'm saying right I think there are some brothers and sisters who would say you're absolutely wrong there right. is and here it is and and I res- I kind of respect that actually absolutely but it's not it's you know again I want to deal with my issues from scripture and I guess what I'm just saying is it's it's not talked about. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things that aren't talked about in the Bible. There are still principles that you live by. So deal with the principles, be faithful to the principles, be men and women of integrity. And, uh, um, you know, you may come up with a different way of approaching that M, as you said, right. the M word.
2: The last really prevailing topic is so prevalent in all culture, but. Our kids are living out a gender identity. Some say crisis, some say reality. That even parents of my generation are struggling to catch up to. So how do we, how do we carry these conversations along, but really guard against carrying across the the hate or um, stigma or like navigating these waters yeah, in the conversation. that's a great question.
1: For, for one thing, remember this, that 10% of kids experience some kind of gender identity confusion. That does not mean that they're gay or lesbian or trans or whatever. Uh, really, that statistic's pretty low. It's 2%, right. maybe. But 10% of kids do have a gender identity confusion. Don't assume just because they have gender identity confusion that they are gay, lesbian, trans, whatever. But I think it's a great question because... I think it's important for us to to get our own understanding of it down. Yes. But I believe we shouldn't um, go into the hate. You use the word hate. I don't think we we call all homos are going to hell or something like that. Right. I don't. I don't think Jesus would have done that. No. You know, absolutely he, he's, not. He's Jesus had a a prevailing you know deep theology. Of course, he's the Son of God, but a deep theology that sometimes was against what somebody would say. But he still showed love to the prostitute, exactly. to the et cetera. I'll, I'll tell you, in our family, it's a kind of a personal illustration, but there's a person in our family who is gay, and his friend um, comes over to our house, and he's a total character. And um, so we're trying to help our kids navigate this issue and whatnot. And so we find out that he his birthday's coming up, but he had never had a birthday party. He was 42 years old. He never had oh. a birthday party. So we said, we're going to have a birthday party for this guy. Now we don't agree with Theologically, I'm very right. conservative on this. I believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. Right. So he opens the door, and we have those little pointy hats and the little you know things that you blow, and it's like, and then we start singing "Happy Birthday," and he starts crying, which is funny because yeah. he's that that guy. Uh. And um, and then we have a dinner for him, and then Kathy brings out a cake that I think she got at Costco, but it had his name and you know whatever. And we start singing, and he's standing next to me, and he's real t- handsy. He's real he's real uh, character. And he puts his hands on me and he goes, no, I thought you guys were Christian. He was, And he's oh, kind of all hyper, man. meaning Christians shouldn't act like this. Well, why can't we sing happy birthday to a guy? I might disagree with him right. on certain issues. But I think, are we going to change the world by being haters? No. no. there nobody, nobody comes because of condemnation.
0: Correct.
1: So I think it's – and I'm not as – for me personally – I'm not as engaged on that one and a half to two percent as I am on the gender identity. You know, I'm interested in kids, and all so many kids are are gender confused. So I think we have to, you know, bring that up. But it is every parent asks this question. Our our people who do the, uh, you know, speaking the seminars, we could be talking on helping your family be energized spiritually, but that question is going to come <laughs> up. I have, uh, and, and it's going to get more and more. Um, the amount of uh, press, media, culture, and whatnot. So we just can't back ourselves into a corner. I don't think, and we we can say here's what I believe, but I and I love you, and so we're going to disagree. Uh, I don't agree with you, you. If we were all sitting, we, there's something we're not going to agree right. on. Something it could be politics, it could be something. Right. Right. So we can still love Jesus and have a uh, have a dis- disagreement there are issues. I mean, my church is dealing with the fact that there's a a couple of people who are gay who are coming to our church. They're more than welcome to come. But if they want to be in leadership, we have certain things that we stop it by. Well, that's hard because we're going, we love you, we love you, we love you. Oh, and by the way, you can't teach our our fifth grade Sunday school class. Um, But you got to hold it. So there's certain things you hold and certain things you don't. But it's it's the conversation of this generation and it's not going away, and it could divide the church if we're not careful. So, I think you you show deep amounts of love, and and yet you have a, a solid biblical theology, and then that's what you do with your kids. And with kids, and I'll close with this. But I what I say with kids, oftentimes is, and parents is just simply say, you know what? Some people believe differently. Here's what we believe. So it's not you're not putting them down, but you say, here's what I believe. But you can do that with the gay gender issue. You could do it with. Right. A ton of other issues. Yeah. Right. Here's what they, you know, they believe that. Here's what we believe. And so you're doing that without, you know.
2: Well, that's how you defend your faith. Yeah. Just at its basics is this so, is why we fall here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love the fact that you have the conversation. We do have three high schoolers. And this conversation is easy to have if you are willing to have it. Yeah. Because they are they are wrestling it out. Oh, they are. You will. We will wrestle it out with them or we will watch them try to wrestle it out with yeah. no framework.
1: No, no. I, and that's what you want to do. And, and you know what? There is. It's very possible, that, especially with kids, say, here at the church or in families, good families, they may have a different view. Yes. And so we're going to have to help them understand that here's why we believe what we believe. And uh, there's sometimes you're just going to have to say, you know what? They are going to have a different opinion than us, and that's how life is.
0: Right. Well, Jim, man, I really— Really want to thank you for oh, for I man just giving us your wisdom, your thoughts, um, your experience. Uh, we uh, we understand here and what we've discovered is parenting's hard, mm-hmm. but it's worth it.
1: Yeah, it's messy, but you know what? Your church is doing a great job. I mean, I've only been here now for a few hours, but watching um, what you guys do the but. Chris, your leader, I mean, just so, so all all together, you're doing some great things with family. So keep it up. That's, you know, one of the phrases at Homeward where I work is we say, when you reach the family, you reach the world. You could be a Christian or non-Christian, you right. still love your family. Yeah. So because you're ministering to families, you know, this becomes a place that's safe for them to come and say, yeah, parenting's hard and parenting's messy and, you know, we're gonna all be in it together. So great job.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, Jim. Hey, uh, before we sign off, uh, give them some information about that website, uh, that they can go, uh, that you are a part oh, of yeah. and be. Yeah. Homeward.
1: So I'm the president of Homeward, H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D, like home and then the word of God. And, uh, we've got great stuff there. We've got articles, tip sheets, podcasts. Uh, we do sell, um, books and we have small group things, but, Pretty much, you can work around that. I mean, but we, we're with no apologies. We have some great resources. It's a resource for parents, um, and uh, we're pretty humbled by the fact that people, you know, come to Homeward all over the world and uh, and receive some great content.
2: Well, and we're grateful for the fact that your organization works so hard to provide such rich content yeah. for all levels of parenting, mm-hmm. all levels of marriage. Pre, the pre-marriage preparation the in the heart of it the just amazing work thank you yep. for doing such diligent servanthood type of work to families all around the world really
0: hey, cool thank and you. I know yeah. that this is your passion mm-hmm. so if anyone wanted to send you a question or you know shoot you an email whatever, do you have any kind of contact information that can do that? With? Yeah,
1: um, we actually say info at homeward.com. And if you can go to the website and to contact us, we'll do info. Because sometimes there's people on our staff who are actually better at it than me. Um, and so people, I and mean, I answer questions every day, um, but sometimes... We have a full-time staff person up in Boston that does it, and we have people who are sometimes smarter and brighter than me who have better insight. So uh, somebody takes it in and then they move them out. So info at homeward.com and uh, it'll get to me if it's trying to if they're trying to uh, ask me the question.
0: Well great. Well parents, uh, if you are listening to this, uh, this has been some great content with Jim Burns. Um, if you have any questions, you can shoot him an email uh, or contact us here at Three Circle Church. I just want to thank you for.